Hello, everyone. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of Order Up, the podcast from the National Restaurant Association. I'm your host, Carly McBride. As always, don't forget to subscribe to Order Up on Apple, Spotify, Google, or your favorite podcast platform so all our latest releases go directly into your podcast feed. For today's episode, we're discussing the newly released Alcohol Trends Report. Alcohol has always presented restaurant operators with a creative and high-margin opportunity to innovate and set themselves apart from the competition. Be sure to download the report and learn what's selling, who's buying, how it's purchased, and read up on nearly 30 on- and off-premises wine, beer, and cocktail offers customers say they'd like to try. That link can be found in today's show notes. Our conversation starts off with Mike Watley, Vice President of State Affairs and Grassroots Advocacy, as well as Michelle Korsmau, President and CEO of the National Restaurant Association. They discuss the exciting release of this new report and some of the key findings in beverage alcohol trends today. Great. Thank you, Carly, and thank you, everyone, for joining us today. We're thrilled to launch our new alcohol and beverage innovation report and all of the really interesting operator and customer data that is in there with our president and CEO, Michelle Cosmo, as well as two really innovative operators who we're going to have a great conversation with this afternoon. We have a lot to cover today, so let me go ahead and kick it over to Michelle to get us started. Michelle? Great. Thank you, Mike. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Really excited about the presentation today. As you all know, Alcohol to Go is truly a story about innovation and entrepreneurship that was born out of the pandemic. Restaurant operators were seeing a way and an opportunity to serve their customers better and really excited to do that. And finding that way of serving their customers better as it relates to beverage alcohol really involved so many industry partners that came together to work with policymakers. And that was all about ensuring that we're offering alcohol to go safely and in a way that matched the collective commitment to safe alcohol consumption. When all of this legislation and regulation started to come into play during the pandemic, I was with the Wine and Spirit Wholesalers of America. And I know the Wine and Spirit Wholesalers had a real commitment to doing what they could to support their restaurant partners and the suppliers and the supplier associations came in too. So this is just a great example of an innovation that needed to take hold, needed some regulatory changes and brought all of the industry players together to make sure that we could do the right thing and have the best regulatory construct for this sensitive product. We've seen in this innovation a real big influence on restaurants and how they offer their meals and their taste profiles to their guests. And it's also changed customers' expectations. This research that Mike Watley and the team at the National Restaurant Association pulled together is really interesting when we see the current trends in on and off-premise beverage alcohol. And as we get into this data, you're gonna see a lot of differences within the generations. And I wanna be clear about those generational differences as it relates to this survey. I'm the parent of young Gen Z girls. And when I see the Gen Z survey work up here about alcohol, it takes me back a minute. And I have to remember that many in that Gen Z generation have been of legal drinking age for several years now. So I wanna be very clear that the survey results that we're talking about today are only solicited from those who are 21 and older. So everybody who has young Gen Zers like me, 
be comforted in the fact that we didn't ask your kids what they thought about this. This is only legal drinking age adults. So let's get started with when consumers are getting alcohol to go. The most common way for consumers to get off-premise alcohol beverages is with a takeout order. We're finding that people are doing that with their restaurant meals. Among restaurant operators that offer alcoholic beverages with takeout or delivery orders, only nine in 10 offer it, I'm sorry, roughly nine in 10 offer it with takeout orders. And so you can see that this is no longer a survival technique, but definitely a must have. So that's our first step, just to let you know how prevalent alcohol to go is within the takeout world. And so now let's talk a little bit more about how critical this is to those consumers. You'll see on the next slide that the majority of millennials and Gen Z adults are telling us that they would be more likely to pick a restaurant for takeout if they could include alcohol beverages. So having that as part of the offering in those full service restaurants makes a difference. And again, youngest millennials are turning 27 this year. So as we're thinking about these different cohorts and how they are, the youngest millennials are turning 27 this year and the oldest Gen Zers then are at that 26, 27. So that's the age break in this category here. And so as restaurants think about this desire, we really need to make sure that we meet these demands head on and take advantage of this growing preference of the younger generations that are taking restaurant meals to go. Interestingly, Gen Z adults also decidedly beat all of the adults by 20% when looking at which age groups include an alcohol beverage with their takeout order. So you'll see that there's much more in a younger generation of deciding that they want that alcoholic beverage with their takeout order. Moving on across the board, you find that people also want a more local flavor. And so when they're looking at wine, beer, and cocktails, it's very much like the rest of the meal. More than 80% of all wine, beer, and cocktail drinkers today would like the option of ordering locally sourced beverages. So that local meal, local beverages still holds true. That's not the only local affinity customers have. More and more customers are trusting their local restaurants to guide them through to their favorites or to experimenting with someone new. The wholesale tier will always say that alcohol brands are built on premise in restaurants, and that's something that restaurants offer. I think what we're seeing here is the evolution of those brands being built through restaurants, but in an off-premise environment. So lastly, let's zoom in on wine. So wine is very interesting in that today, more millennial drinkers drink wine with a meal at a restaurant than baby boomers, Gen Xers, or Gen Zers. So interesting breakdown there. Well over half of wine drinkers say they would like the option to include wine by the bottle with a takeout or delivery order. And I think when we get to our guests today, you'll hear that alcohol to go is also really spurring creativity and packaging among restaurant owners. I know that was a big part of the regulatory conversation was the packaging. And now restaurant owners are looking for ways to recycle bottles, source unconventional serviceware for consumers in those ordering options, and always looking at, for things that don't sip well from a typical cup. That's part of the alcohol to go equation.
So with that really interesting data, I am going to pass it over to the gentleman that has been spearheading this effort for all of us at the National Restaurant Association, Mike Watley. Mike is our Vice President of State and Local Affairs, and he is gonna show us just how far alcohol to go has spread nationally. Great, thanks, Michelle. It's needless to say, we're in the middle of a critical sea change when it comes to state alcohol laws. And this is likely the greatest change to state alcohol policy since prohibition in terms of the changes we're seeing. Yes, born out of the pandemic, very much continuing and going on and becoming part of the new normal and the future of innovation in the industry. And we continue to see changes here and continue to update our maps on almost a daily basis because so much changes. Illinois just last week extended their alcohol to go laws for another five years. The Connecticut legislature last Friday passed legislation that makes alcohol to go in Connecticut permanent. We're watching Michigan. We're watching a whole host of additional states because there's just so much happening in this space. And it's enabling operators to really meet customers where customers are and where customers want to go in terms of bringing more of the restaurant hospitality experience into the comfort of their own homes. They can be on premise and enjoy alcohol, or they can be at home and enjoy much of the same experience, which is a great innovation for customers and a great innovation for the industry. Now, Mike Watley speaks with TJ Oakley and Blanca Aldaco, both restaurant owner operators, about how they've implemented alcohol beverage programs in their restaurants. So let's go ahead and have a conversation with one of our two operators about what they're seeing. TJ, let's start with you. Uh, you've been doing a lot of innovation and have some really exciting new business happening at your two different concepts, both Bristol Bar and Grill and Cuvée, when it comes to wine. Can you talk to us about the success specifically of your wine club and how you've managed to grow your customer base through alcohol sales as part of the wine club? Absolutely. And first off, thanks for having me here. And looking at the data that you're presenting here, it really does tie into exactly what we're seeing locally here in, in Louisville. But yeah, regards to our, our wine program at Cuvée Wine Table, we opened this restaurant in 2017 restaurant, big emphasis on wine. We budgeted about 50% of our restaurant sales to be wine by the glass, wine by the bottle. And then in 2019, we started a wine club in hopes that it could sort of be a sidebar to our business, help us on the marketing side to get the word out about wine dinner events, just a small part to help grow the business a bit. Then of course, in 2020, when we saw restaurants being forced to close down, our concept, we were really having a hard time pivoting as far as getting into the market of carry out that just really didn't fit our concept at all. But my partner, Master Sommelier Scott Harper, myself, after a few Capaletti spritzes and discussing how we could expand our wine club program, thinking that could be the key to us getting through the pandemic, we realized that guests really wanted to have experiences. So we started introducing private wine tastings to go along with the wine club members that were receiving two bottles a month at different price points and different levels. And then by creating those experiences, having guests to come in and taste wine with us and learn about the wines they were having. 
it really expanded by word of mouth. And we grew a club that was maybe 50 members to about 250 members in about a nine month period there. In addition to so some different ways we, we saw an increase in sales. So part of that tasting is we would taste four or five additional wines with those guests. It was complimentary. It was part of being in the wine club, but we also offered those wines for sale, for purchase if they'd like. And we saw a huge increase in guests wanting to buy three bottles, six bottles, maybe a case of wine. And then as we saw our way through the pandemic and we opened our doors back up for the dining room, we continue to have that experience of a wine tasting, but it was more of a festive event, having everyone together. And so the, the third fold of that is most of the guests that would have already purchased their wine club, purchased additional wine with their wine tasting, also made reservations in our restaurant. And so we were able to have three sales points just off of adding that retail sidebar. And so we have, at this point, increased our restaurant sales by 50% of what they were pre-pandemic and then added equal sales on the retail side. So that's a 300% increase in sales that we've seen since 2019. And that's key to, in all reality, we sort of feel like the retail side of it is really what drives our restaurant side at, at this point. Fantastic. Thank you, TJ. So Blanca, your award-winning margaritas in San Antonio have really become a runaway hit for off-premise and a huge alcohol-to-go trend. Would you say there is a specific alcohol preference for your customers, or is alcohol-to-go really here to stay, or was it a fad during the pandemic that's gone away? Well, pretty much, I think, number one, Margarita is one of the two top cocktails in the world. It is a favorite, favorite cocktail, something that you can have almost in any latitude of the world, so I feel that while margaritas are here to stay, so is vodka and gin. I think they're up and coming. And as we continue to try to keep our customers engaged, keep them interested in our curbside and alcohol to go, we are beginning to infuse different items. For example, you know, doing like a lemon drop to go. We are trying to do also mojitos to go for the summer. Trying to just mezcal is definitely another up and coming, at least in Texas. Many, many people are trying to experiment. And, you know, I echo what TJ says and Michelle as well. People want to continue the experience of their favorite restaurant at home. Something that we try to do is to keep the price of our liters to go affordable because they are no longer in our real estate. They're not using our chairs. They're no longer using, you know, our goods. And they get a surprise that we want to make affordable. Something that, you know what, on the way home, let me pick up a liter of margarita or have a famous Chilton which is another very refreshing drink. I think the trend is here to stay. I feel that many people can congregate now at their homes, pick up a complete experience of having a nice family package, not just individual dinners, but get a family package along with their favorite drink, sit by the pool, enjoy the outdoors, especially the sweet summer nights here in Texas. The wind is beautiful, the stars are bright, and you have phenomenal drinks at home. 
So, Franca, TJ walked us a little bit through kind of how the pivot happened for Cuvée. Walk us through the pivot a little bit in terms of what Eldacos did in the early part of the pandemic, but then how you've made it a core function of your business. In, in our conversations, you describe it as an additional business line for you. Talk about kind of quickly that pivot, but then how you've made that a permanent focus for your business and for your customers going forward. Well, pretty much the most important thing was when the best gift that the pandemic gave us for us was to have the alcohol to go become legal. Immediately, we had to resource to repurpose the bottles because they were not available. So we had the ability to sanitize them, fill their labels, and be able to keep the cost down of our liters of margaritas to go. Something that we continue to do as well is to sell wine. We sell lots of bottles of wine. We promote it as $5 over cost. So we are selling premium bottles of wine as well on to-go only. They are not to be consumed on our premises at that lower price. And we continue to, we have different points of sale throughout the restaurant. We have, it's in our permanently in our menus. We have signs at the entrance. We have signs anywhere that we can put them that look really nice and complement the aesthetics of our restaurant. Our servers are also incentivized to sell half gallons of frozen or liters of margaritas on the rocks. Our next thing is we're trying to get ready to drink espressos at home, whether it's with tequila or vodka. Thanks, Blanca. And you, you've done a lot on social media, too. As someone who follows your Instagram, you have lots of great promotions there that you're constantly pushing this and encouraging this. TJ, let's go back to you for a second. As I we briefly mentioned at the top, you have two different concepts. So Bristol Bar and Grill, a little more casual restaurant, different food profile, different alcohol mix, and then Cuvée. For the two different concepts, how are you marrying takeout and on-premise for your customers to make sure that no matter how they're interacting with your restaurant, be it on-premise, be it off-premise, they're coming away with an elevated hospitality experience? Well, I think to best answer that is to really talk about one of our Bristol operations that's in downtown Louisville. It sits right on Main Street. It's Whiskey Row. It's the front porch of Kentucky Bourbon Country. You know, downtown Louisville has almost 30 hotels now and is really transitioned into a great city for conventions, for tourism. There's distilleries up and down Main Street and throughout downtown Louisville. And that's just kind of the whole feel of the downtown area is bourbon and food. And we have great chefs and great culinary experiences, great arts. And so at the downtown location, we really market through putting sandwich boards in front of our restaurant. We gorilla market with bellhops and concierge and make sure that everyone understands that not just at our restaurants, but restaurants throughout downtown Louisville, the folks can get those cocktails to go. They can get those bourbon cocktails. You know, when you think of restaurants, you think about food, you think about beverage, but they really go hand in hand. So we like the idea of guests ordering food from us and us being to help pair the right wine, the right cocktail, the right local craft beer that goes best with that food and sending that with them. We see all sorts of unique scenarios. Of course, we're in a business district as well and things that we didn't necessarily envision, but you have folks that maybe it's an office party or it's a Friday or you have someone that's leaving a position and the office wants to throw a party for them 
And so they may order lunch from the Bristol and then order that person's favorite cocktail for the whole office or that division. And we see a lot of really unique things and people are really excited about doing that. And, you know, Louisville really presents itself as a hospitable city through all of those things I mentioned, through tourism, bourbon, food, all of that. And so having this additional ability for folks that visit our city to be able to take a cocktail with them, something that represents the city, take it back to their hotel room or to their office or whatever the case may be, it's just one more component that speaks to the hospitality of, of our city. That's fantastic, TJ. I mean, you're talking about so many different aspects, tourism, the, the office clientele, the, your, your wine club, which is, you know, residents in a more leisurely fashion. It really just shows how cross-cutting alcohol to go can be for, for operators who are truly having a strategy behind it and are really making it a core focus of their business. Blanca, let's go to you. Uh, what are various promotions that you're using to expand your alcohol? You mentioned kind of the, the price aspect and some of the social media, but looking six months into the future, how are you going to continue to expand margaritas to go this summer, looking into the fall? What does the future look like for you? Well, that's easy because we look at a calendar. We sit down and we look at strategically what's going on in San Antonio and our surrounding area. For example, we have Uncle Nearest coming up. It's a Tennessee whiskey, and we are working diligently on what we did last year, which was a old-fashioned kit for Father's Day. So it's a complete kit that has an engraved glass. It has a cigar cutter. It has just different aspects, even the bitters and the cherries, and a T-shirt. It was very popular. We bring it back. That's just happening in June. And then, of course, we have the Summer Series Cocktail Dinners. We keep those at $75. It's a four-course food, three-course drinks so that we stay legal. It's really important to stay legal for us. And this package is items that are off the menu. So our clients are very excited to try something new, whether it's food or liquid. And this is also available on to go in real pretty containers. Coming up in August is back to school. Mom gets back to be home and free. Then we go back to September. We have, of course, the Mexican independence. And then October, we kick in with different old fashions with bitters that we change the bitters each month throughout the year. Actually, throughout the whole year, we change the bitters. And this Everything that we plan is for in-house and as well to go. Coming up in November, we jumping into the pumpkin flavors for the Thanksgiving. And of course, in December, something very aromatic like Frangelico and roasted almonds, whether it's in cocktails to go or we prepare them for the Christmas parties that most people love to engage in Texas. So for us, it's really important to continue what we are doing, simply elevating, changing the flavors, giving our public something new. And to me, what really, really happens and is something that I would really like to share is that we already have four walls within our establishment. We already have the bartenders and the cooks and the hostess and the fabulous team that's going to carry why not continue to push your ghost bar, if you will, and have a continuous 
increase manageable and very steady source of revenue without working hard. And it really adds to the bottom line. It's very simple. Anyone can call me. I'll be happy to share this information. And just such a deliberate strategy of tying in holidays, tying in what's trending and making that part of your alcohol to go program is just so critical. TJ, let's go to you. You know, one of the big trends from the report, in addition to off-premise alcohol to go, is looking at in the wine space, wine dinners and tasting events. And you you touched on this at the beginning, but wine dinners are a core aspect of, of Cuvée as is the off-premise aspect. How are you tying the two, kind of the having folks there, doing tastings, doing dinners, and then using that to expand your off-premises program going forward? Sure, so wine dinners are really popular. We do often two a month, and they're led by, whether it's winemakers, representatives, my partner, Scott Harper, Master Sommelier, we take a lot of pride in these wine dinners and we have folks that really enjoy it. And they're often a five course meal. And with that, we serve a particular wine, whatever the course is that we're doing or the, the dinner that we're doing, but we serve a particular wine with each course. But then also we make those wines available to the guests for purchase following the event. So again, that's one other revenue stream that we see. You know, also throughout all of this, and I would say this about any of the restaurants is that that we find the guests they trust our restaurateurs they trust our sommeliers they trust our bartenders they trust our managers to be able to help select products for them and with us we really recognize that and so we added an additional space into our restaurant that, that we sell just retail wine we have some guests that come into our restaurant simply to purchase wines or or we help to fill their wine cellars for them and so we're able to do a lot of different things as far as expanding that retail component of it. Thanks for listening. And we hope you'll download the full report and learn more about on and off premises beverage alcohol trends across the industry. You can find that link in today's show notes. Did you know the National Restaurant Association produces and hosts several webinars each month to serve and grow the industry? Topics ranging from hiring and workforce, food safety, DE&I, and the most relevant policy topics for restaurants. All previous webinars are also available for on-demand viewing. To learn more about upcoming and recorded webinars, please visit restaurant.org slash events slash learning. Thanks so much for listening to Order Up, the podcast from the National Restaurant Association. Follow us on your favorite podcast player and find out more at restaurant.org slash podcasts. Episode produced by Dante32.